You're listening to CounterTalks, Canada's podcast for the equipment and event rental industry. CounterTalks is a presentation of Canadian Rental Service Magazine. Now here's your host, Patrick Flannery. Hi, everyone, and welcome to CounterTalks. I'm Pat Flannery. Today, I was joined by Adam Snook, our back page columnist who does the Hope is Not a Plan column. Wanted to uh, introduce all of you who don't know Adam uh, to him and uh, get a, a sample of some of his thought uh, that he brings to the, the rental industry. Adam has a, a strong business focus. Uh, he thinks a lot about uh, uh, the rental business and, and how it's going to work. He is the owner of Just Bins in uh, Regina and uh, really uh, has a lot of interesting perspectives on, uh, on, on how we should do things and, uh, and, and what uh, the challenges and the opportunities are in the industry today. Adam and I, uh, of course, there's lots of uh, pandemic talk, the uh, effects, the reactions, uh, the, uh, the outcomes, um, what, uh, what we should look for uh, going forward. Uh, we get into uh, uh, the idea of competing as a small independent uh, rental store, uh, against uh, some of the larger uh, rental stores. Uh, Adam has lots of uh, ideas for strategies to do that. Uh, he is in the waste bin business. It's very competitive. And uh, Adam has been able to find success by uh, using a lot of social media. Uh, he has some very interesting uh, comments and perspectives and strategies on that. We talk a bit about supply chain uh, and uh, what we're seeing in terms of availability of equipment and materials, uh, also availability of labor and uh, how, to, uh, how to keep your employees uh, uh, engaged and, uh, and, and coming back to your company, uh, even if they've been laid off during the pandemic. So great conversation today with uh, Adam Snook of Just Bins. Uh, please enjoy. Well, I'm here with Adam Snook. He is uh, the owner of Just Bins in Regina, Saskatchewan. Adam, how you doing? I'm doing well, Patrick. How are you? Great, great. So listen, a lot of people will be familiar with you uh, sort of by, uh, by proxy from your back page column in uh, Canadian Rental Service that we run every issue. Uh, you've been doing great work, uh, getting, some, uh, getting some spicy opinions out there for everybody. Um, why don't you uh, why don't you tell us a little bit uh, 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 about yourself, your background in the industry? Uh, some people will be familiar with this because you were a participant uh, on our uh, cross Canada panel there uh, uh, for one of, for the Rental Mart, the first edition of the Rental Mart this year. Uh, but uh, for those who missed that, let's uh, let's let's do a little recap on uh, on you and what you've been up to and what you're up to these days. Sure. So I started in the uh, rental industry, uh, I guess I was 20 or 21 as a mechanic with, uh, with RSC and, you know, moved around a lot, moved from Saskatchewan to BC to Alberta and worked with a number of companies, United and Skyreach. I really always just enjoyed the rental business. I enjoyed the variety, the challenges, you know, never the same day twice. So there's no reason to be bored. Um, we, we got into business ourselves. Back in 2006 in Alberta, bought a small little rental store and a group of us scaled it up to be uh, spread through Alberta, North Dakota, Texas, and uh, Southern Saskatchewan, uh, not just focused solely on equipment rentals. We did waste management and um, oil field services. We diversified quite a bit. Um, so as that partnership dissolved and we started selling off assets, I 
I bought this bin company in Regina and kind of moved back home. So came full circle, I guess. Don't, uh, I don't do much for equipment rentals anymore besides, um, you know, some of our bin customers will require a light tower generator for a job. So I'll supply that, but I still buy and sell a lot of aerial equipment and power generation and stuff. So I'm always keeping my hands, you know, yeah. keeping my hand in the equipment game, but uh, garbage bins has been our main focus and kind of what pays the bills. Yeah. You're, you're, would, would you, would, would it be accurate to describe you kind of as a serial entrepreneur, Adam? It, it, it has always seemed to me in discussions with you and reading your stuff that, that, that business is really what, what you're interested in and, 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 and making businesses and, and, and buying and selling things and, and finding ways to, to, to get that profit and optimize things. Is, is that, is that really what motivates you? It is. Yeah. I mean, uh, to me, I love the rental industry, but I'll be in whatever's going to offer me the best return. So I, I've had water businesses in the past, uh, oil field contracting companies. I've done a little bit of everything. And I mean, diversification has really helped keep us uh, through these last few years. And even the former challenges in the oil patch. I mean, if you were a one trick pony, you weren't going to survive. So I learned that uh, having being spread out and uh, not relying on one area or one customer is always always a pretty good tactic. Well, that's why we love having you in the magazine because you're, you know, you're, 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 you're thinking about these things. You, you, you have, you have feelings about these things. Your, your, your column is titled hope is not a plan. Why, why don't you, why don't you, why don't you tell us about that, about that title, how, how you came up with it, what that means to you and, 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 and how that, how that relates to sort of what the column is about and what you're trying to do there. Sure. So I initially uh, came across that last March, not March of 2021, but March of 2020 in April when oil was uh, going negative to minus $40 a barrel. A columnist I follow, uh, he really targets oil companies and oil and gas producers with his columns. And he just had a column. Hope is not a plan. Like you guys have to prepare for the worst and and uh, it's coming. It's not a maybe, it's, it's here. So I just thought to myself, that should be every business person's perspective. And not just three times like COVID, but... Like you have to keep your head on a swivel all the time. Mm -hmm. You know, even if business is going well, it, there's the rug can always and always seems to be pulled out from underneath you at some point in time. So just be prepared. And and a lot of people, I think were, you know, nobody plans for a pandemic, but you know, if you didn't plan for some sort of disruption to your course of normal business, you know, it would have been a really tough 18 to 20 months for you. Yeah. Government, uh, Government support is one thing, but I mean, that's going to end and it is ending and it has to be paid back. So, well, it's a, it's a timely message for sure. It's, it's probably one that uh, is probably one the governments uh, uh, should have received, right? Because of course we, we heard all the things about the, the defunding and the dismantling of, of, of pandemic programs, the ignoring of, uh, of recommendations uh, after the SARS, the original SARS uh, uh, outbreak, there was, there were whole, Susan Bernie has been on the podcast to talk about, you know, there, there were whole plans created at that time. And, uh, and, and because everybody uh, uh, used hope instead of a plan, uh, they said, well, we can save money over here by, uh, by, by, by not bothering with all of this stuff. And uh, look where that landed us. Well, for sure. I mean, interestingly enough, about two months before uh, COVID really started taking off. So, would have been say December of uh, 
December, early January of 2019, we were at the landfill and we started seeing these truckloads of uh, cases of masks coming in to the dump because the uh, federal government was clearing out their storage warehouses. <laughs> there, mu there must have been 130 yard bins. So, uh, and I mean, that happened right what? across Canada. Oh CBC, my God. CBC News came and interviewed us. It was insane. I mean, so that was their planning was to dispose of masks and a bunch of other safety supplies two months before the pandemic. So just goes to show you that poor, what's the old adage? Piss poor planning leads to poor performance. Um, so yeah, That's I mean, keep, yeah, keeping just always watching, right? I mean, it's easy to get uh, complacent when things are going well, but yeah. complacency leads to failure a lot. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, and 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 while while we're while we're on the pandemic uh, stuff, the the last column you just submitted was was uh, uh, talking uh, about how uh, you know we we should we should have some we should have some pride in uh, in in being able to to to, to get through this. Those of us uh, who have um and uh to your to your mind well i guess i guess speaking especially in in in, in your area uh which is where you're having the most direct uh knowledge of these things uh, what what what's it been like in saskatchewan uh, uh how have the businesses fared uh um like what what what's the state of things right now and and what do you think is going to happen for the next little while it's been uh quite good i mean saskatchewan's kind of its own little bubble there's enough natural resources here between agriculture potash uranium up north oil and gas down south uh helium there's huge helium drilling going on here right now so it's uh yeah the helium's really interesting it uh it's a natural resource they're finding a lot of here and it's got way more uses than balloons um so saskatchewan we we kind of skated through did pretty well i mean for us when we realized uh, that the world wasn't ending and people still had money and they weren't able to travel everybody was putting money into their house they were building a deck building a fence gutting their basement so we had great months through the pandemic we were very fortunate um and i think commercial construction has really rebounded well here uh some some of the big industrial plants like the steel mill you know, the pipe side of it is really quiet with no pipelines, but the flat steel side of it's going flat out again. So hmm. uh, we're doing fairly well. The one concern we do have here is farmers and ranchers, the cattle guys are taking a real hit this year. Hmm. Uh, there's just been a real drought out West. So I think that's going to impact the local economy more. People don't always give farmers credit for the amount of money they pump into the economy, but we're going to find out this year that they support a lot. Hmm. So yeah, I don't, I, I don't doubt it. We're, we're, we're kind of having the opposite down here. The story in the paper just the other day was, uh, was the, the crop guys were saying they were getting a little too much rain. Uh, but uh, yeah, you know, then, then again, the farmers will complain about the weather, sort of no matter what it is. So they will, yeah. That's <laughs> part of, part of being a farmer and yeah. my family, my family farm, so I can. Mine say too. That. Yeah. <laughs> the, the weather is never just right <laughs> no it, it's not and i mean it's a tough it's tough when 100 percent of your living can be wiped out in a frost or in a hail or something like that mm -hmm. but uh yeah it's it's going to be a challenging year i think all across the board for farmers so one of the but things I mean, yeah sorry go ahead i, I was just going to say overall we've been we've been very fortunate and and i mean even the rental companies out here, I talk to the guys at the big companies and I know the guys from the little companies, like I know Jeremy of Prairie Land quite well. And, yeah. and everybody's, everybody's done 
well enough, right? I mean, you have to change things up. Some guys have started offering free delivery and yeah, your costs go up a little bit because you have to sanitize more, but good operators are going to make it through. That's what, that's the bottom line is business is tough and tough guys stay in business. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, it did it. You know, I, I, I think back to the amount of worry in, in, in March, April of last year. Uh, and, and it, there were, there's looked like ample reasons to, to really worry. Uh, but then, uh, like you say, wow, the minute people got locked up in their homes and, 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 and weren't going on vacations, just, you know, everyone could barely keep up uh, yeah. with, the, uh, with, with, with the demand to, uh, to, to do uh, DIY, sort of DIY rentals and like, like contractor rentals, you know? So, yeah. and, uh, I mean, they, and then, well, and then there's, there's other problems now that we'll talk about on the supply side, frankly. Uh, yeah. That's the only, the only thing holding everything back. What, one, thing, one thing I, you know, that, well, you know, it was funny. We were struggling a little bit to get your Zoom connection set up when we when we yeah. started to do this. Um, Zoom, you know, th this was something I had never even touched two years ago. Um, uh, the, the, this sort of technology. It's and, and and I'm supposed to be the digital communications guy, uh, you know. And and this, you know, it, it wasn't even something we we had been into. And well, I, Zoom was Zoom was barely around. Watched their share price, right? Pre pandemic, nothing. Post pandemic. 60 billion dollar market cap or whatever it's at yeah now, so. man did they ever holy smoke talk about finding the the golden the golden goose yeah. um and uh and the the and then on the on the rental side i mean everyone has had to focus to some extent uh, i think on their online presence and and what they offer uh, at least through their website if not doing social and, 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 and other things, uh, to, to, to a much greater, I, I don't know if you have, uh, but, uh, but, but it, it seems like this has had to become uh, a big focus of, of, of a lot of rental stores. Um, what, what do you, what do you think, Adam, like, is, is, is this gonna, is this a big boost for the online rental segment is is this is this something that that, that is just now a, a a fact of life and going to be more important going forward because i mean there were a lot of rental stores that didn't even have websites uh a, a couple of years ago like you you know the, the, there were lots of these places yeah well i mean for us a huge portion of our business is driven by social media where garbage is likely the most competitive industry one of the oldest industries i mean we're fighting waste management and and huge regional players and we do it because we're, you know, we're able to grow through our social media presence. We try to be clever, witty, you know, sometimes, sometimes a little too much maybe, but honestly, the, the move to online was coming whether COVID happened or not. If you look at the next generation of contractors, guys either taking our bins or coming in to rent a play temper, those guys want to be able to order online. They don't want to have to call. They want to be able to maybe go on your Facebook page and place an order. Um, so regardless, I mean, if you didn't have a website a few years ago, and if you don't now, you're just not keeping up with the times and you're going to struggle. You're going to struggle. I mean, millennials and, and Gen Xers or whatever you want to call them, as those guys roll into doing their own DIY projects and, and the next generation of contractors, you better have a system that's going to keep up with them being able to order off of their phone or you're going to lose that business. Yeah. And the beauty, of, the beauty of online is when you're competing against you know, the big players will say their websites are static, right? I mean, you go on there, 
It'll have a list of services. They don't list their pricing on the website. A bunch of them have new tools where you can go on and check your account status and, and maybe have a few telematics apps, but there's nothing dynamic about those pages. So it really gives you as, a, as an independent company a chance to go on, be creative, be funny, you know, pick a fight. Yeah. Like com comically with another rental company, get into a tweet war, go into an Instagram war, something to generate a following. I mean, it's amazing. We've, we've generated our social media. We've probably, we've increased it by 12 times over the last two years, wow. just by consistently looking at issues to make fun of and people to bring on board and have good conversations with. So you just, uh, you have, you have to be creative. It really is something that gives you an advantage over, over the big guys is your ability to be creative and, uh, and funny. So, and I'll just, uh, and I'll just add to that, you know, even old, even old guys like me, uh, uh, even, uh, even older people like my mother, uh, who in the past would never have, have, have touched, uh, uh, really any of this stuff. Um, um, you know, I, I, I'm the, I'm the first one to jump in the car and drive to the store. Uh, first, before I do anything else, uh, that's how I always did things. Uh, uh, mom, uh, you know, totally. Uh, uh, not even a phone call sometimes to check what was there. Um, now, because of because of the pandemic, have been forced to get comfortable uh, uh, with the online shopping, and now won't leave the house until you've gone through whatever company. So, so I guess my point is, it isn't even just millennials. It isn't even a next generation thing. Your existing customers, your old friends that you dealt with for many years, okay, it's not that they're not going to come to you, but you can bet they're now more comfortable in making use of checking around online, looking for pricing, uh, and 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 trying to and trying to figure out what's out there before they jump in the car, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it really is the shift, and it's. Yeah, I mean, look at the market cap of Amazon and these other online retailers, right? I mean, it's it's it it's not going to go back. So just get used to it. Yeah, is get, what used, get, get used to it. Get used to it and get it going for sure. And I uh, touch on that for me. I I had an article a little while ago. Uh, uh, yeah, pricing on the website. You got to have it right. Like you you have to you have to show people what 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 your pricing is. Um, I, it's the only thing they're looking. We don't have pricing on our website. We do on our Facebook page, but uh, yeah. problem with pricing on the website, and it really depends on your type of business. For equipment rentals, it might make sense, but for us, there's too many variables. You know, how many tons are you going to have in your bin? You know, oh. is it a rural, is it a rural delivery? But but even for rentals, the problem is, and everybody that rents often enough knows, whatever price you have on your website is not what you're going to be paying. Mm -hmm. You know, so you got a 200 pound play tamper listed at 55 dollars a day. Well. The guy that rents it more than one time every six months is not paying $55 a day. Right. So I don't necessarily agree that having uh, that pricing on your site is going to be, I don't think that's a be all to end all. I mean, I think for me, online is about customer engagement. So mm -hmm. that's where social media comes in more than just your website. I mean, if anybody goes to our site, we actually have, uh, we have a list of rules for Karens on there. You know, if you're going to be a Karen complainer, Here's what you're going to get. And we've built, we've built a huge following off doing stuff like that because we can't compete on price. I'm not the cheapest. I'm never going to be. And I don't want to be right. You know, if you want the cheapest, go to home Depot or go to waste management. Yeah. Not, not what I'm looking for. So 
there is different ways to do it. You don't have to, you don't have to advertise that you're cheap. You don't have to play down anything, you know, like, but don't you have to give, don't you have to, uh, uh, in your case, right. You've got a, a kind of a customized service there with the waste, with the waste bins. Yeah. Uh, um, but I'm, but I mean, if it's, if it's, if it's an item and you do at least have a, have an established pricing, don't you think people are going to click off pretty fast if they, if they don't get some indication of price? I think it depends on, you know, maybe the, the, the one-time user. Right. But I think it, I think it depends on the user experience, right. And you're, and you're, how you build your relationships with people. So yeah, you know, maybe the odd person is going to be upset if they can't find the price within two seconds of looking. But I mean, I, I, I look at that and I, I honestly, I call that person the Home Depot customer. Like that's the guy that wants to go in on yeah. Sunday and pay a two hour rate for a power rate. Let them have it. Right. Find yeah. the customers, find the customers that are more willing to come in and, uh, and appreciate good service, a sense of humor and, you know, it's the same thing about trying to compete with the big guys on, on equipment. You're not going to do it. You're not going to compete with United on, on a 60-foot boom lift because yours is going to be eight years old. Theirs is going to be three years old. And you don't want to be doing that piece for 250 bucks a day when it should be 600 bucks a day. Right. So find a, way to, find a way to get those guys that are willing to pay a little bit more. And, you know, if they can't find it online in five seconds and, and they're willing to move on to somebody else, well, that's unfortunate. That 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 that's a that's a great and useful point. If you're if you're if you're, it, it depends on your market. If if, it does. if you're if you're going after contractors, if you're going after repeat people that you have relationships with, which which yeah. people want to do, uh, then uh, yeah, then, then then that's one thing. Um, and and your website is 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 kind of serving a different function for that. It's it's more of an information function. Uh, and an availability function than a, than a, than a marketing and, and generating demand function. Right. But if yeah. you're, if you're, if you're going out there to homeowners, like you say, the home Depot, the people that are either going to go to you or they're going to go to home Depot. Uh, then you, need your uh, you need your pricing on there for sure. Then you need your pricing on there. Right. Cause yeah. otherwise, otherwise they're, 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 they're making, they're choosing who to go to, not just, not just what they want. Right. It's so it's, it's, it's a, it's a bit of a, that's, that's, a, that's the, I, maybe that's the, the critical, uh, uh, line of demarcation there on on that question yeah and i think if you want a really good idea on who does rental right to both small contractors and big projects if you look at all choice rentals oh yeah and blake and mike and the amount of community engagement they have oh. they're fun they're funny as hell on linkedin like blake is great yeah. and uh and they get big jobs they're not the cheapest Yep. You know, their equipment isn't always going to be the newest compared to the other guys, but they win those projects because number one, they do what they say they're going to do yep. and people like them. And that's business. doesn't matter what business you're in besides maybe a grocery store. If people like you and you do what you say you're going to do, eventually you're going to win. So I, I love it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I think, uh, I, well, I look at Blake's activity, even on LinkedIn, uh, uh, you know, they, they, they've got the, they've got the stuff up there of the, of the big projects, big trailers you know full of stuff going out uh yeah. and and then and then he's also you know he's he's at every he's at every city barbecue and you yeah. know fairs and and you know they're 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 engaged you know they're 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 engaged and they're and they're and they're making a nice profile for themselves and that's got to drive business it does 100 percent. i mean we've i've spent a lot of time looking at how customers these days are looking for suppliers and i mean 
again, unless it's the fast food industry or the grocery business, people want a relationship. Mm. Like everyone says, well, you know, these younger people living in their parents' basement, they don't have any income. That's not true. I mean, uh, they spend, there's a lot of disposable income there. And these are people that are looking for suppliers that they can laugh with, joke around with, you know, build a story with. It's, it's not all about price all the time. And it doesn't have to be. Yeah. So yeah. millennials just passed baby boomers for uh, home ownership in the U.S. Yeah. Well, and I mean, little known the, fact. the transfer of wealth from baby boomers to a lot of these younger people is going to be massive. Mm-hmm. So just build relationships. That's what it's all about. Yeah. And again, I, I keep I keep going back to the old if if the customer is looking for the cheapest option and that's how you built your business fine but maybe that's not the customer you want otherwise yeah you know firing a customer sometimes is the hardest thing to do but sometimes it's the best thing you can do for your business uh, absolutely yeah uh, uh, racing to the bottom to serve uh, uh the people well you know what that was that was the, the sort of the next topic on our list here and 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 you've thought and talked a lot about this uh, uh in the columns and and, and between us um um and basically the way I, the way I phrased it was this in, in order to charge more, your business has to look and act like it deserves more. Right. And I, I would, 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 would you say that's, would, would you say that's accurate? Like, like, how do we, how do we move our businesses from the, from the, the low margin fight for the bottom to getting a, a reasonable rate of return? Um, and, and, and part of it is, and, and part of it, like you just said, is, 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 to some extent, picking and choosing your customers. Um, what, what, what else can we do to, to make that sort of a, a move in the business? Well, like I mentioned with uh, Blake and with All Choice, tell your story. Yeah. Let, people, let people know what you're doing locally. I mean, if you support the local baseball teams or if you're donating equipment to the guys that put up the Christmas lights um, for the uh, hospital charities, mm-hmm. if you're helping out uh, in any way, don't be afraid to tell your story. I mean, a lot of rental operators, we put our heads down, we push through, we kick ass and we go home. But at the end of the day, people aren't going to know what you're doing in the community. You can't be afraid to tell your story. It's not boastful. Honestly, these days it's advertising. Yeah. You're not going to, you're not going to go out there and brag and say, Oh, we're, you know, we're the best. Nobody wants to hear that, but you can, you can subtly talk about what you're doing in the community without it coming across as bragging and uh, engage your social media presence. I mean, it's free. That's the thing. Do, do Facebook and Instagram. You can upgrade your ads if you want, but, and honestly, there's no better ad spend a lot of time than, than on Facebook. I mean, we've had some ads hit 350, 400,000 people after spending a hundred bucks. Hmm. Um, so don't be afraid to try something different. And the rental business isn't just rentals, right? I mean, that's the thing with this business is, You've got mechanics in the back, you've got delivery drivers. What other services can you do? Because, you know, the race to the bottom in pricing has been coming for as long as I've been in the rental industry, 20 years. I mean, I remember buying a Bobcat for for 27,000 bucks brand new and renting it out for $190 a day. Now it's $75,000 brand new and I can rent it out for $190 a day. So where's the math? Where's the math in that? I mean, so... So what, what can you do that's going to set you apart from those guys that have that big fleet? I mean, maybe if you've got really skilled truck drivers and good equipment, start offering outside trucking to your customers. 
if you've got great mechanics in the back, you know, you've got a fleet of boom lifts and you have really good service guys that are good on fixing your stuff, start hiring that out. I mean, a number of lift rental companies have been built off of service first, like equipment repair first, and then you roll into rentals after that. So if you can lock in, lock in some customer loyalty, you know, it's not so hard to get an extra five or 10%. And, and it's like, you're saying it's critical that people know what you're doing. Uh, it, is. Uh, it is, it is, it is great to do the best job in the world. Uh, it, it, it's, it's lovely to rely on word of mouth, although to some extent that, that phrase seems to take on a magical quality with a lot of people. Uh, yeah. uh, the, uh, the, 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 the fact of the matter is if you, like you say, if you're in a chair, if, if, if you're doing something with a charity or doing something with, you know, yeah, it's fine. You know, maybe your sign goes up at the event, at the barbecue, you know, uh, uh, and those people who are there see that. Right. But why, why not actually, and, and the way to do it without boasting, why not go on social media? Why not go on your website, wherever, and, and, and say, look at this great event. You're not even talking about yourself. Look at this yep. great event that we're part of, you know, wow, nice, you know, nice job, hospital barbecue people, you know, or something like that. This is what all choice. Yeah. And, and, and we're proud to be part of it, you know, and that's, that's a hundred percent. So you come across as if, I mean, you're promoting the event while also tying yourself to it. Yeah. And I mean, it, it literally is free advertising. You're yeah. there, snap a picture, you know, everybody's smiling, having a good time. It puts off a good vibe. And to go back to word of mouth, word of mouth isn't dead. It's just changed. Now word of mouth is Google reviews and Facebook reviews. Mm. And don't ever be afraid to ask for those. But again, it's free. I mean, we ask all the new retail customers that come to us once they're done with the bin, if you can do us a favor and leave us a Google or Facebook review, 99% of the people, 90% of the people will take the time to do it. And it makes a huge difference. We've picked up projects we had no business getting from out of province companies because they went online, looked at Google and we had 155 star reviews and the next guy had like seven. So it really does make a big difference. And again, there's no cost. And all you have to, it, it, it but it is, it's, it's easy yet critical and yet overlooked to yeah. just make that ask for the review. That's yep. it just, you just tell your counter staff, when they're, you know, when they're done with the customer, if the guy is smiling, if he's pissed off at you, don't get him to do a review. No, exactly. <laughs> but, but if, but if the, it, you know, if you got a smiling customer, which hopefully is most of them, you know, just, it, it should just be part of their regular routine that, Hey, you know, don't forget to, don't forget to give us five stars on Google. And, and, and like you say, free, easy, and a surprising number will do it. They'll pull their phone out right there and do it. Exactly. And that's the beauty of having a physical location to do it. They can click on well, your store and they don't even have to go online to do it, right? They just click in the Maps app and it's right there. So yeah. it's brilliant. It's brilliant and it really does make a difference. So yeah, yeah, it's, it's, you know, if you're, yeah, again, if you're, if you're in that, if you're in that competitive environment like you are, where, 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 where people are, are, are maybe choosing who they're going to go with online, uh, uh, th those reviews are, those reviews are powerful. Uh, they're, they're powerful tools for sure. And, uh, they are. yeah. And I, I think, and I think even like, like you say, even for, uh, uh, bigger contracts or, 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 or larger customers, you know, if they're doing something out of province or they're, they're looking for somebody new in their area, yep. you know, it, it, it sure doesn't hurt. It's uh, a lot of times it's the deciding factor. I mean, they, the last two really big jobs we got, honestly, we didn't even give a price until we had delivered the bins. They didn't ask for a price. They, 
they one guy called and said holy man i've never seen that many good reviews on a garbage company can you get us some bins tomorrow perfect wow so you just and again it's no cost that's the best part of it yeah yeah that's awesome and and part of that and part of that is like you say you know this is something you can do I've been hearing since I became since I became involved in this industry, which is about ten years, a lot less than you, um, um, that that you know the, the great battle against the big chains, right? The, the the independent operator versus versus the big chain, and and how do you survive in this uh, situation of consolidation? These guys have huge fleets. These guys have bottomless pockets. Uh, it, it, well, everyone knows everyone knows all the all the arguments and all the complaints, um, but here's a here's a here's a route right here's a here's a here's an avenue that you can leverage to to set yourself apart and to and to and to and to carve out a niche what 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 do you see what do you see adam as 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 the areas and, and talking now i guess a little bit more about general equipment rentals um um where the where the the big boys don't don't really want to play and where there's where there's room for an independent operator to set themselves apart and, and, and really make their business something different in the community? Well, and I guess it starts with realizing that you can't just sell yourself on better service because that's everybody's claim these days, right? Right. right. Our service, our service is better than the next guys. Well, that's not tangible. What right. can you, what can you show me while I'm here? So, I mean, it really depends on your fleet. Like if you're, if you're solely set up for lawn and garden and small contractors, then, I mean, that's really tough to, to set yourself aside. If you've got, uh, you know, your biggest piece is a thousand pound plate tamper. Um, but again, it, it goes back to what do you have in house you can offer that, you know, the big guys won't. I mean, those guys, the big, big companies, they don't like doing outside repair work necessarily. They don't even like fixing what they sell half the time. Mm-hmm. So if you've got good mechanics in the back, you know, we, when we first started up, we had a couple of good guys in the back. So we took on warranty work. We were the warranty depot for Mr. Heater and a few other lines along the way. And, you know, the administrative side of it kind of sucked, but it generated some revenue and the people that were buying that stuff were coming back to us to see us. And then we could actually sell them a better product. Half the time, what they had wasn't worth fixing. So, you know, that's one avenue to look at. Again, you look at your truck drivers, if you've got a good trucking fleet and you can add that, you know, the big guys aren't going to be hauling outside equipment for people. So there's that. And, and there's areas they don't want to get into. I mean, our highest margin rental product we ever did was actually portable toilets. Now mm. people don't get, people don't get excited about it. And I've, I've pumped out many a toilet myself over the years, but it's great margins, especially if you focus on events and weekend rentals, like it's going to be the best, highest margin thing you have in your business. And you know that uh, those big guys aren't going to be chasing that market. And the great thing about toilet and portable fencing is it's the first thing on a job and the last thing off a job. Right. Right. And if you do, if you do a good job with that equipment, um, people see, cause that, that takes true service, dropping off a Bobcat. Well, it's not really service. Mm-hmm. Keeping a portable toilet clean weekly. That shows a level of commitment. <laughs> So if you can do a good job with that, and that's how we expanded a lot in Alberta, we started with toilets and bins, and then it led to generators, light towers, fencing, boom lifts, it led to full scale, full scale projects, because we were the first ones on and we took care of it. So find something they're not willing to do and and do it well. And honestly, toilets are not a big investment either. I mean, a new toilets, 700 bucks, we would get it paid off within, you know, six and a half, seven months. 
so yeah I, 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 I love the point. Um, it's one of the, it's one of the things I tell my writers when they're doing, uh, when they're doing company profiles, it's like, uh, part of what I want you to get to is why your company is, is, is different uh, and better than, than, than your, than your competitors. And, uh, and I say, now they're going to tell you it's their service. Yeah. <laughs> and I say, you've got to ask the next question is, okay, how are you doing this great service? Like what, what is, you know, what, give me, give me something real about everyone will tell you that they have the best service in the, in the industry and it can't be true of everyone. Can it? No. I mean, if, if, if you're, if service is your only selling point, I mean, then, then you're competing on price, yeah. right? Because the service, let's be real. The service at home Depot is maybe not the same as walking into a moment club, but it's not terrible. I've rented from there because I needed a hammer drill and a panic on a Sunday and nobody else was open. And mm -hmm. I got in and out in 10 minutes, right? The hammer drill, the hammer drill did its job. So it's like that service was fine. That's really not going to be any worse than what they're going to get at a local independent. What can you do that home Depot isn't going to do? And I mean, that's part of the relationship building too, but, yeah. but just find something that makes you a little bit different. And, and it doesn't have to be, you know, toilets it doesn't have to be outside hauling like i know you know jeremy at prairie Line, they do a really good job with their tents right you know that united and herc and sunbelt aren't going to get into tent rentals anytime soon because that that really is a level of service and commitment to setting up event rentals and making sure that's all clean yeah so they do they do fine work with that and that sets them apart and gives them a bit of a niche to get into so absolutely absolutely now once you've once you've got your porta potties and once you've got your tents, the next challenge is you need people that are that are gonna that are gonna like you say clean these things and set up tents and 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 do all of the the good service stuff that you've got to do to set yourself apart. Uh, what are you um, what what are you seeing as far as labor avail availability, Adam? Is is uh, it, it's something a lot of people complain about. It's something a lot of people are, are, are flagging as, as, as possibly an issue, especially coming out of the pandemic. There's like, there's, of course, there's been so much churn people leaving their jobs. So now how do you get them back? Um, uh, do, do, do you see issues for everybody going forward on that? I mean, it really depends on your scale for us. We run a pretty tight ship, so, you know, we're going to be fine. But I think if you're, a big guy and um you know you lost a some of your staff yeah I, I think those guys may have a tough time getting people and part of the problem is, is the pandemic benefits to sit home and do nothing we're too good yeah um and uh, now that those are scaling back people will come back into the workplace but i think people are generally nervous too like uh, i mean the rental industry should be one that has a bit of an advantage if it's you know if it's a wash bay position and it's a guy's going to decide between going to a restaurant, which clearly got shut down and shed 60% of its staff and was only doing takeout or a rental company, which really didn't have to scale back staff, you know, you should be, you should be the choice. Right. So play up the fact you're a, a, a important service. You didn't get shut down. You know, the wages that guys are paying these days are fairly healthy. So yeah, it's going to be a bit of a challenge, but as people come back to work, you just have to make your place desirable. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, yeah, that that's that. I I think I I think that there's like you say in the in the environment that you're playing in the in the part of the labor pool you're playing in, uh, uh, really a rental store should be should be a good option for a lot of people. 
and um and the you know the, the, there does seem to be an effect of once you once you get into the rental industry and once you get exposed to it uh there there seems to be some addictive quality to it that guys keep coming back <laughs> and i don't i don't think that's played up enough like i i think you know, when you look at the standard job fair idea of having a booth or you got your online recruiting, it's like, why don't you play up the fact that your day should never be boring? Like if you're a motivated person at a rental company, there's never a day where you're looking for something to do. There's always something and it can always be different. Mm-hmm. So, and, and those are the people you want, people that want to challenge, right? Not, not somebody that just wants to sit at the desk all day and do nothing else. So, if you uh, if you really show people that there's a good variety and the wages are fair and the and the benefits are good, like it should be quite an attractive proposition. I, I've been I've been working on my I've been working on my my planning and media kits and budgets and stuff for next year, and and part of that process is 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 describing the describing the industry, coming up with blurbs and you know uh, uh, taglines and descriptions of the industry and stuff like that. And so I've I've, I've actually been giving some thought to you know. What defines a rental person? What 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 motivates people? And 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 one of the things that I kind of landed on was, you know, it's 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 problem solving. These are yeah. these are people that want to be able to solve to make money solving problems, right? That, that it, it. What do you think? Is it, it? Am I am I onto something there? Yeah. Well, that's the entire business. I mean, every mm-hmm. time somebody comes in for a piece of equipment, you're solving their issue. If it's a sewer backup or if uh, they got a tree they need to trim, or if they got something broken and they bring it into your service department, the entire rental industry is problem solving. Mm-hmm. Nobody, com- nobody comes to rent something because they're bored, right? They right. come to rent something because they've got a need at that point in time. So you're there to solve the need. And that goes back to being good at solving needs, right? And I mean, it. Uh, I always thought the best tagline for hiring people in the rental industry is should be, you want a challenge? You got it. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's the rental industry right there. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's for sure. Um, and on that, uh, I just staying with the, with the sort of the labor product project. I, I just, I was telling you before we went on, uh, I, you know, I just saw a press release come through from CFIB. Uh, they're running a, a, a great organization, by the way, they're, they're running. Really good organization. Yeah. Yeah. I like them. Um, they're running, they, and they've done, yeoman's work in the in the pandemic to uh to really you know try to keep the small business concerns in front of the governments yeah um they um they uh are running now they're running a uh seminar uh with some uh, a lawyer or something um talking about how to talk to your staff about vaccination and you know so there's still some people out there that you know are 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 not uh are not uh, uh, interested in getting vaccinated for one reason or another. Uh, wh- what's your take on that, Adam? What, what would you do in a, if an employee uh, told you they, they didn't want to get vaccinated? Well, I mean, my, my take on the vaccination might be different than 70% of the populations out there. So I'll just <laughs> say that I, I'm 100% pro-choice in that. It's, I would never force somebody to do it. I won't make it a, a condition of employment. And if the government tried to mandate that my business did, I would likely take them to court. Um, but, but I think that you have to be careful on how you, how you do it. I mean, it, it's whether it be for religious issues or health concerns, or some people are just nervous in general, mm-hmm. mandating that to somebody that you're going to take their, their livelihood away. You want to be very careful on how you do it. So, and I mean, going back to the CFIB 
I mean, great, uh, great organization. We always support them. Same as the Canadian Taxpayers Federation, like guys out there fighting every day for companies like us. Mm-hmm. So really important to support and definitely a great resource. Like sign in, listen to what the lawyer has to say. But I mean, I would, I would never mandate somebody to do it to stay employed with me. That's just, that's the way I operate to each their own, but there you go. I think it's, I think it's a fine line. So how would, how would you grade the government's, it, you know, here, here we are, well, hopefully close to the end of this thing. Uh, how, how would you grade the, uh, the government's uh, responses uh, on, on, on the pandemic? And uh, I would, you know, helpful for a lot of industries. Um, you know, you look at some areas in the rental industry, like event rentals and, and guys like that. If you're still around these days, you should be very proud of yourself. <laughs> no kidding. Like that is probably, I can't think of a harder hit business. I mean, hotels were still allowed to have guests. Restaurants could do takeout, but you could not set a tent up for 50 people. Yep. So I think, you know, the, uh, the SIBO loans and the wage subsidies and the rent subsidies, they were all very much needed. And, you know, the government got on them relatively quickly. I think some of them were maybe overly bureaucratic and there was too much administration to get through, but for a lot of people that needed them, they were very timely. Um, I, I, I tend to lean more towards the, uh, what's going to happen next side with taxes and stuff like that. So, I mean, be prepared for, I don't know if it's 7% or 8% GST or whatever the harmonized sales tax is going to be and, and interest rates, you know, can't stay down this way for, uh, for a lot longer. So I think the response was, proportionate i just I, I hope they wind it down sooner rather than later and i mean even going back to the labor issues like stop paying people to stay home stop expanding ei benefits when you've got entire industries that can't uh that can't hire people i read a stat that i think it was in alberta there's like forty-five thousand unfilled positions in alberta and that was a province that was hit devastatingly hard between the oil crash and everything else and there's still 45,000 unfilled jobs. Wow. So stop motivating people to stay home. Let's get them back to work. Yeah. But other than that, on a nonpartisan basis, I think the the response was what it needed to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The uh, uh, supply side uh, is a concern. Well, have you have you seen that? Has it has it been hard to get things uh, that you uh, need? Well, our, our, our equipment, our bins and stuff like that, I mean, there's always flat steel to build bins around, but so even just on a, on a basic, what I call dumb iron piece, like a garbage bin, my costs went up on my big bins from 5,000 bucks in March to $6,000 by the middle of April, just because the price of steel shot up so much. So when you look at, uh, you know, sophisticated equipment like zoom booms and uh excavators and pieces like that i mean there's a reason used values are so high right now it's because nobody can supply new i was talking to a contact i have with richie brothers just yesterday and uh, he was telling me about an auction in texas where ford f-250 uh trucks went for eighty-eight thousand us these are two-year-old trucks eighty-eight thousand us so and and the same company bought 40 of them so three and a half million dollars to buy three quarter ton trucks. I mean, those trucks should have been maybe fifty five thousand bucks. Right. So 
Wow. Well, that's, that's because they know they're going all electric and everyone's afraid that everyone wants to get them before they're gone. Maybe. Well, I mean, you hear, you hear about Ford and their chip shortages and Ford can't build trucks. They've got fields full of trucks sitting right now because there's chip shortages. Yeah. So, and, and it's no different on the equipment supply. I mean, Caterpillar is telling people for a lot of equipment, no delivery until the end of 2022. So it, um, yeah, it's not going to be easy. So, the one thing it does do is it brings up the value of what you have. So if you've got a consistent uh, used, used selling presence, make sure you're not selling too cheap. Mm. Like, you know, reflected by whatever you're getting from the auction, you should be getting better dollars than that to sell it, uh, to sell it not through the auction, right? I mean, mm. things are high. So make sure, make sure you're keeping as much money as you can. Yeah, good. Yeah, good point. That's, that's, that'd be a good reaction to it. Well, listen, Adam, I've kept you, uh, I've kept you at least as long as I told, as I said, I was going to, and uh, probably more, but uh, you know, wow. Th th thanks. Great conversation. Great insights. Um, and uh, I, I just, I want to thanks. Thanks a lot for uh, joining us on counter talks today. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. Thanks for your time, Brian. But thanks for your time, Patrick. Yeah. Sure. Good stuff. Yeah. My brother is Brian. <laughs> oh, sorry. I just had something else. No, no problem. And everybody, everybody catch, everybody catch Adam. Back page of the magazine, every issue. Hope is not a plan is the title of the column, and uh, that's what uh, that that's that's the that's the philosophy he brings every single time. So thanks again, Adam. Thanks, Patrick. Thanks for joining us for Counter Talks. You can find Counter Talks episodes online at CanadianRentalService.com or on the major podcasting services. Counter Talks is a presentation of Canadian Rental Service Magazine.